Blog Talk Radio. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a book, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. For a fresh new start MJ Network will bring you there So let's talk about it When life and on the air Good morning everyone, this is Fran Lewis And this is Book Talk with Fran Lewis Brought to you by MJ Network In memory of my sister Marsha Marsha Joyce And guess what? The sun's shining. It's not raining. It will tomorrow, though, again. So we have the author of Just Takes a Bath. When Maggie McGuire lands an archaeological internship at the Roman Baths in England, she assumes everything will go her way. But when this college professor discovers a severed human ear on her doorstep, ew, she must solve its meaning before she becomes the next victim or worse, gets deported. And I'm not going to tell you any more because Sharon Lynn is here. Good morning and welcome to MJ Network. Thank you, Fran, for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, me too, because this topic is really great. So how and why did you, that first scene really got me. How did you create the first scene in the mailbox? And that was before she didn't have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I when I first wrote the book, I um, I wanted the audience to really get the feeling of what it's like to fly into England, especially my main characters from Arizona in the desert where everything is, the hot and dry and essentially tan colored. And when she flies into England, you know, you're, you're flying into Heathrow and, and you see a castle and everything is so green. And then you get in a, in a bus, mm. which they don't call buses, and it's on the wrong side of the road and all of this. And my first 50 pages were just a travelogue of England. And I was like, well, this is great if you want a travelogue, but that's not what a mystery is. So I just cut all that and went straight to that opening scene where she's trying to figure out what 911 is in England because it's different than it's, it's 999. Yeah, it <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it, it, it actually took me a while to get to that first scene, and then I just had to kind of eliminate everything that came before that. Um, so, so yeah, uh, and, and it does, you know, it, it, it is on the back cover that in that opening scene, she has discovered a severed human ear. And um, that that freaks her out well and good, as it should. It would freak anybody out. Yeah. <laughs> but this is a very good way to play a practical joke on someone to get even. Not that funny, but yeah. Oh, God, it's horrible. So tell well, us about Maggie, Maggie, and why was she in England? So um, uh, it's, it's Maddie with these. Um, she, yeah, she, um, she's a college sophomore, and she got an internship. So she has this one semester abroad 
where she gets to work at the Roman Baths in England. And her mm. her passion is Roman archaeology. And uh, the Roman Baths in, in Bath, England, are, are beautifully preserved. Um, like, nobody knew they were there until, I think it was 1847, some plumbers were doing plumbing and discovered this Roman ruin underneath the city. Uh, so they've been excavating it ever since. And it's just really beautifully preserved. And she thinks she's just the luckily, luckiest girl on earth to have gotten this wonderful, wonderful internship. Uh, and one of the reasons she likes it is because, you know, it's England. So she knows the language, she thinks. But when she mm-hmm. gets there, she realizes there's a lot of, of language that is English that is not American. So. She's having to deal with more than she was expecting, including the ear. That's just, just you know, inside the ear. Oh, well, that's horrible. But <laughs> she reports this, and who is Edward? He's cool. And why do we know from the beginning he likes her? So when um, it's, she, she obviously calls 999 and gets emergency services to come, and uh, the police officer comes and she looks out the window and she sees him smile and um, she realizes that the night before she was was her first evening in England and her you know she calls her mom tells her she's safe and and she's like I might take a nap and her mom's like no you're never going to get over jet lag unless you could do something and so she's like fine I'm night. I can't drink in Arizona, but I can drink drink legally in England. So she goes to a pub and gets and gets a pint. And um, this this guy she interprets as hitting on her, and so she essentially just runs away from him. And it turns out that this guy was was Edward, and he wasn't actually hitting on her. He was just trying to get her out of the pub because that pub gets a rough crowd. Um, and so she was just like completely indignant that, that, that he was, he was just assuming that she would follow him out. And, and then he winds up the next day, the constable at her doorstep when she discovers this horrific thing. Uh, and just right away they have a chemistry and, um, they, they respond to each other's jokes. Well, and so she decides he he might not be as bad as she thought he was in the bar. That always helps too, especially if they're cute too. So I I'm looking, and another thing that reminds me of everything was her parents, right? And mm-hmm. her parents, like my mother, didn't help. They wanted her to handle everything with them, so she wanted to handle it on her own. So. How did she get away with not having mommy and daddy save her? Which is good because independence is important, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's 19 and her mother is a college professor and her parents are divorced. And she's actually going to college in Chicago where her dad lives. And her dad's just one of those guys who takes care of things. You know, if something happens, he'll take care of it. Um, He'll fix it. Mm -hmm. He'll make sure that everything runs smoothly. And her mom is just, you know, just this this <laughs> teacher's 
have a tendency to just want to make sure that you know everything you're supposed to know in the order you know it <laughs> and follow mm-hmm. all the rules. And uh, so she has both of those influences, and they both want her to succeed, obviously, but they kind of want her to succeed doing the things they want her to do, not the mm-hmm. things that she wants to do. So Tell me about it. And that's one of those things about 19-year-old women as well is your your brain remaps several times over the course of reaching adulthood. Mm -hmm. And one of the times it remaps is when, um, for females, is when they're 19. And so there's a lot of just stuff and chemistry and hormones and all kinds of things going on in the brain that fuels that need to be separate um, and and create memories and and uh, ways to um, ways to do things that are unique and their own and so she is just fiercely independent at this point that that is brave because a lot of times you try to do something anyway, and then you find out at the after you try to do something that they 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 did it anyway without you knowing. Seriously, <laughs> tell tell me about it. Even <laughs> yeah. even as far as if I wanted to speak out, or people want to speak out in school and say no, it's that's not me. I didn't do that, and then mommy comes in to fix it. I like to doing things myself now, which is much better. <laughs> right. It's like no, no, no. I, I know the whole story. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it my way. And uh, so, so she is definitely tested. Um, just like from day one, this is, this is not <laughs> the experience she was looking for. And, and she's used to just things going her way. She's used to uh, people just responding well to her. And when, I mean. People in Arizona are, are different than people in England. She she's having a hard time adjusting to that culture shock, mm-hmm. and she wasn't expecting it. So uh, that's, that's it's rattling her self confidence quite a bit. Well, she was plucked to do uh, tours, right? Archaeological yes. tours, and Simon is the head. He doesn't like her for some reason. So Simon's the head of tours and. How do we know he's got it out for her? But why? And why is she so insecure? Well, she's good at what she does, but so what? She's just learning. She's there on a temporary basis with a visa, right? Right. So, yeah, she gets there and she immediately feels like her coworker is at her. He's he's telling on her. He's 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 not mm-hmm. training her well. He's uh, just doing everything he can to make her life miserable. And she doesn't know why. She's never had anyone react to her that way before. And um, it, it, part of it is she just simply doesn't understand him and his sense of humor because he is funny. Uh, uh, she just doesn't get it um, for a long time. And mm-hmm. so um, she really does feel like he's just trying to get her out of there. And from his perspective, this is an it's English, you know, institution. It's a World Heritage Site, but it is um, 
you know, it, it does very much belong to England. And here's this interloper American coming in, and he, he just resents that just a little. He feels like this should be an internship for English students, not American students. A lot of people feel like that. And with what's going on in America right now, it's getting worse because everybody is so concerned about all of the immigrants that came here. That and we're pulling are you there losing you the ones who are here already and, and we weren't nice to them. Yeah, there's hundreds of thousands of them thanks to the mayor of New York City, unfortunately. It's not that I they don't belong here, it's just that they don't know where to put them. And it's really bad. So and they're they you know, people are losing their homes and the hotels are losing money because they're putting them there. So mm-hmm. Cliff and what happened to him and why did you put a rabbit in the starring well I love rabbits <laughs> I, I actually love question. rabbits <laughs> Cliff was the intern before her and uh, he kind of uh, disappeared from the scene a little bit early which was a huge bonus for Maddie because uh, it allowed her to start her internship a week early, and after finding the ear, she wanted something to occupy herself. Oh, and uh, Cliff was offered a job at Stonehenge, and so, um, and he was very popular. People people really liked him. They responded well to his tours. He was just really charming. So she has really big shoes to fill when it comes uh, to Cliff. Um, and then as far as the rabbit goes, I actually was, was lucky enough when I was a teenager to uh, live in Bath, which is why I set my story there because I know it really well. Um, my, my, whole, my dad essentially just kind of swapped jobs with another dad and we all swapped houses. So it was, it was really a, a wonderful, um, immersive experience. And that house we were staying in, which is the house that Maddie is staying in, um, mm. had a rabbit. It also had a, a college student in the upstairs room. So, um, But the rabbit, his name was Roderick, and uh, he was a great, big, giant, black and white rabbit, and he was so sweet. And when Maddie gets to this house, and she's been corresponding with her landlord, um, for for almost a year, she gets there and they they have gone on vacation, and so she's feeling really really alone, and she needed somebody to talk to, so mm-hmm. she talks to Roderick the rabbit, and he is a great companion. He's very soft and and he has a twitchy nose and, and very cuddly, and he really does make her feel better whenever she's not doing very well. I used to talk to my bird until he died. Oh. When, when he, yeah, I had a canary. And yeah, he was so cute and he my my sister accidentally accidentally let him out of the cage. And yeah. So he 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 used to sing to well he used to chirp while I played the piano. Kept me going. So yeah, mm-hmm. you, you get you get sometimes you actually talk to them and they actually think you they understand you, and sometimes they do. <laughs> so who is, who is Tori and what does she need from Maggie? 
Maddie. Um, Corey is Maddie's best friend back in Arizona. And uh-huh. and um, for, they have been best friends since they lived on the same street together in Tempe, Arizona, uh, since they were eight years old. And mm. they just, they know each other so well. They've been through everything together. And she's just one of those friends that knows exactly what you what you're thinking. You don't you don't need to finish your sentence because she she's already mm. got it. And Matt, uh, Maddie is feeling very alone in England. Her her um, the people she's renting a room from aren't in the house, and she found this horrific thing. And all she has is a rabbit to talk to. Uh, so she of course you know, it jumps immediately to talking to Tori. And there's a, um eight-hour time difference between England and Arizona. Mm-hmm. And um, so at first she tries to calculate, you know, the difference and find times when Tori can talk. And then after a while she just calls no matter what. Uh, and Tori is always there for her. But Tori has... Um, is going to school in Arizona, and her abuela, her grandmother... Uh, who is very religious, um, wants Tori to get a degree in religious studies. And Mm. if she does that, her grandmother will pay for her apartment. And that is a heck of a deal. So (laughs) Tori is now immersing herself in religious studies. So she keeps asking Maddie to go to the Bath Abbey. Mm -hmm. And the Bath Abbey um, has actually, there's, there's been a, religious institution on that ground uh, since like 684 AD um, where the first king of England was crowned. Uh, And the abbey itself is just stunning. It is just such a beautiful, beautiful um, Gothic because it was rebuilt several times. Uh, So it's a a Gothic architecture. And so Maddie goes in there to um, essentially help Tori with her research. Uh, And Mm. one of the things that the the stonemasons did when they were building all these cathedrals was they would include sometimes pagan imagery or iconography. Mm. And sometimes they did it kind of just as a joke. Sometimes they did it as sort of hedging their bets. You know, is 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 this Christianity thing really going to take hold, or are are mm-hmm. we going to at some point go back to um, pagan? And um, so a lot of cathedrals have a stone figure called a green man, and the green man is. Um, it's pagan, but it goes. It's very much related to uh, the Celtic tribes that were mm-hmm. all over England and Europe, uh, because the Celts believed that the soul was in the head, and and they they also um, had a very very strong connection to nature. So so hospitality, nature and especially the oak tree. These are all really powerful icons for the Celtic people. And the green man is sort of a, it's a face that's surrounded by leaves. And, and as I said, they have them in, in cathedrals all across, all across Europe, all across England. Mm-hmm. And so 
Tori wants, wants Maddie to go ask about the green man, see if there's a green man at um, the Bath Abbey. And when she goes and asks, the, um, the reaction is actually very negative. And, mm. and she's really confused <laughs> as to why it was such a, a dismissive um, kind, of, kind of response. And so she has to find the green man herself. And there is not one that is carved in stone at the Bath Abbey, but there was mm. one that was carved into one of the church pews. And so Maddie goes and finds finds the one that was carved into her, into a church pew. And it's, um, she's like, it's really a green man because it looks a little bit more like a monkey or maybe a fox or something. Mm. <laughs> Interestingly, the Abbey has gotten rid of almost all of their pews just to make it more open. Um, and makes the space more uh, accessible to, to different kinds of events. So, so, I have pictures of it from when it was there, but um, but it's not there anymore. I, I wish that sometimes I'm reading a book, and I have it in front of me. I didn't give it away yet. I have hand, ever, I give my books to the people in my building. They call me the oh. book lady or the, li- or, the, or, the, or the building librarian, seriously. And um, if I don't leave some books out for my UPS guy, he might, he might pass me by again. So I leave them <laughs> out for him, too. Yeah, I do, literally. Leave them to everybody. And then so uh, the other day, a lady got me in the elevator because I had a whole bunch of books. She took half of them. Made it so much easier to carry. <laughs> uh, she's going to want this one because her son likes history. And likes uh, archaeology and likes places like that. So, okay, Mary, this one's for you. But this, this is interesting. <laughs> the tours, the archaeological tours, where do they take place? And then she gets a kind of odd note that she said, what is the significance of that? But these places that she took the tours, you know, are they are they safe or whatever? But she was trained to as to where to go and what to say, right? Mm-hmm. So, um well, do the first question first, and that's the archaeological tours. And again, um, the Roman um, ruins in Ba—they're uh, from 44 AD, so they're very old—and they were completely preserved because the town just got built on top of it. And mm. Ba is a beautiful, beautiful—it's a Regency um, kind of architecture, uh, Georgian. Uh, it was all built out of this beautiful, uh, natural, butter-colored limestone um, that was quarried from the hills around the city. And so it really is just a beautiful, beautiful city. And um, and it always had hot springs. And so even in Regency times, like when, when, when Jane Austen lives there, it was where it was a spa town. People would go there to to you know experience the hot springs and the healing powers of the water. So when they discovered the actual archaeology ruins that um, of the Romans, the Romans had discovered the same thing. And so when the Romans were there, they um, kind of to appease the natives, Celt, uh, Celtic society they created the temples to Sulis Minerva. So Sulis was 
was the Celtic, the native um, goddess who uh, presided over the Baas. And then uh, Minerva, of course, was, was the Roman. And so they just kind of built the temples to Sulis Minerva. Uh, and the temple complex was massive. And this is, of course, before, before the, uh, the abbey or any, any religious Christian kind of mm. were there. And so it, it covered a huge amount of the city, and the ruins actually do mm. extend underneath the Bath Abbey. Uh, and you can see the Great Bath, which is um, uh, just this gigantic, um, and it's lead lined. So when the sun hits it, it, it turns this really, really, really disturbing color of green. Um, and when you look at that, you're like, well, that would be easy to hide a body in, and so I have. Um, but you, you do that, you can you can see all the models of what it would have looked like. Um, originally, you can just wander around. You don't need a guided tour. They have them. They also have, um, you'll go to a room and projections will show mm. you what it actually looks like in the day with, you know, people wandering through. And so you see the, the ruin and then you see what it would have looked like complete and then you, they actually, like, color it and everything and add actors. So that's very fun. And they also have just people wandering around Soga's actors um, that you can talk to uh, like, like they are, a, you know, in, in the box. So it's it's a wonderful, just amazing, amazing museum. And if, if, if you're interested in archaeology at all, it is just a treasure trove. So I highly recommend it. Um, I this is amazing. Because I wish you put pictures in the book. Really. Well, you know, if you, um, I'm just going to do a shameless plug here. If you sign up for my newsletter, um, I, I, that's what I do with my newsletter. Um, oh, I I'm going to have it. to find it because uh, this is interesting. I got to see more. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> in my, um, I just do the newsletter quarterly, so I'm not like jamming up your email box. And I, um, uh-huh. like the last one I did, I, I just showed Maddie's walk from Greenway Lane down to the Abbey. Mm-hmm. The series, pictures. and then this one that um, is is coming up, I'm going to do uh, the Poseidon pediment. Um, that that uh, used to hang over the entrance of of the bath um, because they have again this this beautiful thing where they have a lot of chunks of it, but then they fill it in and then they color it and it's it's just really really amazing. So that's going to come out this this month. Well, we have a very interesting character that caused a lot of trouble somehow. <laughs> but I liked him. Who is Sir Henry, and what is the significance of the donation? And I felt bad for poor Maggie. Maddie. Maddie. <laughs> poor Maddie. So, you know, my, um, my computer has a habit of, I write Ds and it changes to Gs. I have to change the review. So I just read it, and I'm going like, what, what happened to Maddie 
And then my computer decided <laughs> it likes it does this all the time, and I get in trouble. So I'm going to repost it because you don't want to see Maggie. You want to see Maddie. So <laughs> who is Sir Henry, and why the donation, and why the reference to one of my favorite writers, Sherlock Holmes? I love Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> well, let's start with Sir Henry. So Maddie gets to England, and again, she is so excited. And then um, uh, uh, Simon is just is, is just rude to her, and so she doesn't get to start doing tours right away. First thing she has to do mm. is file, and um, <laughs> she because she will do anything to stay. But you know, when, when you get an international yeah. internship, you don't want to sit in a in a windowless office and just file. And so she's trying to do everything she can to stay awake and um, you know do it correctly. And um, and it, it what she's filing are are donations from the fundraiser the previous evening. And she's a little a little missed that she didn't get invited to the fundraiser. She thought mm-hmm. she done something. Um, so she's just going through, and all of um, all of these donations are just regular donations, you know, ten pounds, something like that. And then she runs across one that is ten thousand pounds, and that one was from Sir Henry. And this kind of wakes mm-hmm. her up because now she wants to know about Sir Henry and and uh, his significance to the Bobs and how he keeps everything going. And, um, and, and while she's looking through all of that, she, uh, she just starts kind of making things up in her mind that, that it's like, oh, this might be interesting. And so, so, she, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> so she gets herself in trouble with that. I don't want to go into more detail. It, no, don't tell really anybody. <laughs> so, so that is, is Sir Henry, um, and then uh, what was the the second half of the question? Well, why was the, why the reference to my favorite? I do, oh. did Sherlock Holmes stories when I taught sixth grade because that's how smart they were. They wrote their own too, which was even smarter. So, why Sherlock Holmes? So actually, Sherlock Holmes, um, he, he he will make an appearance in uh, every um, every one of, of the Cotswold Crime mysteries. Oh, good. Um, and uh, because there's a lot to draw on from there. And sometimes he's really useful, and sometimes he kind of leads Maddie and Tori astray. So one of the things Maddie does is bounce a whole lot of Sherlock Holmes ideas off of of Tori. Um, but in this case, Maddie remembers that there's a Sherlock Holmes story with a severed human ear. And so she starts to think that, you know, maybe, maybe you know, there's a serial killer out there mm. or that, um, you know, and he's using the, the, the story as inspiration or the the actual Sherlock Holmes story, um, it's it, the ear got sent to the wrong person, um, <laughs> and mm-hmm. this is basically uh, in the in the short story, a, a jilted lover, and she's like, okay, well maybe the ear just got mailed to the wrong house. Maybe it's not for me. Um, she just she really wants to find uh, anything that would point to 
the ear wasn't meant for her or the people that she um, is renting the room from who are mm. gone. So, <laughs> so Sherlock Holmes, and then she also just discovers every house she goes into has a complete works of Sherlock Holmes. And so she, she's like, okay, I'm going to read something that's, that's going to be this. So, um, and in book two, which comes out in December, um, she, she dives into the Hound of the Baskervilles. So, so Sherlock Holmes will make an appearance, um, and usually she interprets it wrong. <laughs> well, before I forget, I would like to say I'm excited next week on the 10th, award-winning author of the Carrie Singleton series, Marilyn Robinson wakes an appearance with Overdue or Die. You don't want to go to her library. On, on the t- <laughs> Oh, um, Marilyn, I know Marilyn. She is just such a dear of a woman. And I love well, the Terry Singleton books. Those well, are so wonderful. On a, she's going to come on in one of my wacko panel shows. The one thing that I hate is when you go um, to a, a place wherever and they say to you, um, what's your date of birth? And I go, I don't know. It's classified information because I get really annoyed and I, I lie anyway. And they, they, you know, what could I say? So we're doing one on age discrimination in December. On the oh. 12th, we have the author of Echoes on the Bio. On the 17th, this is exciting. If you heard the, the um, singing at the beginning, that's Rachel and Michael from Trinity House. And Trinity House has a brand new song, I Believe in You. And just when you feel down and you listen to one of those songs, you feel better. So they're going to tell us the history behind this song and the research that they did. On the 24th, we have New York Times author of Second Term. On the 26th, another one that we know and love, Gary Braver will be here with Rumor of Evil. And on the 2nd, every every two months I do a discussion with my reading professor from Lehman College. We're going to talk about the science of reading, uh, the fluency component, the vocabulary word recognition component, and we're going to talk about um, the text comprehension, because that's my field, reading and writing. And we're going to talk about the pros and cons, mostly cons, of the science of reading and that why so many states hooked on to it. And that's going to be a lot of fun with Dr. Cavuto. And let's get back to Simon. Simon gives her a tour. So why does he send her in the wrong direction? And poor Maddie. <laughs> poor Maddie. She just, she just. Yeah. Um, she is really, really good at understanding um, kind of buildings, but she's not good with math. Uh, so she doesn't yeah. have much of a sense of direction. So uh, she is tall, and Simon is tall, but he still manages to outpace her, mostly because she's so fascinated by what she's looking at that she doesn't pay attention to where he goes. Mm-hmm. And again, this, this complex, the the, the Bath uh, Bath Museum, uh, the Roman Bath Museum uh, in mm-hmm. Bath, is uh, vast. Past. And um, so uh, she gets to a T in, in this tunnel and doesn't know which way he went. And so she, she's going to just pick the direction because she knows it's all going to be fascinating. Um, but then she winds up in, in, in alone in, in the dark. And, and, uh, um, and when, he, when he rediscovers her, she, she preaches. And just all in all, 
shows way too much American emotion and enthusiasm for Simon's liking. <laughs> so <laughs> he does have a tendency to sneer, partly because he is tall, so he can look down his nose at people. Um, and uh, and she's she's uh, she just takes an instant dislike to him. Well, I didn't like Simon too much. <laughs> um, so there's a couple of questions I've got for him because I want to make sure we get to all of these. So Simon let her experience an excavation. That had to be exciting. And the dialect, of course, is different, but so on. And what, is, what did she do? When, when you go to an excavation, how would you describe what she saw and what she did? But then Simon blindsides her, and she goes to dinner. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so yeah. I don't want to go into much detail about how he blindsides no. her, but um, so and and this is true. Um, when I wrote the book, they had discovered a a new room because um, again the, the complex is is vast, so there is mm. art, uh, ongoing archaeology all the time at the Roman baths, and and they do use volunteers as well as, um, they call them student workers, not interns, uh, and, and just have those people under, under an archaeologist. Uh, but somebody uh, discovered a tesserae, and what that is, is it's a tiny little tile mm. that goes into a mosaic. And mm-hmm. in Roman times, they would... Uh, have a series of tesserae in front of a door. So if you discover a tesserae, you know whatever is beyond that that huge block of dirt that just looks like a wall is going to be a room. And so, um, and, and as I said, they, they did discover uh, new ones. When you go to the the museum store, you can you can actually buy a little a little uh, copy of a tesserae. Tile, uh, and so um, Maddie does actually get to sift search. Uh, so <laughs> there's several different things to do in archaeology. Um, you know, there, there's the people who have the, the brushes and, and uh, mm. sticks, and and they're you know scooping scooping things out. But then there's also uh, the people who you know take. Those, those buckets of dirt and sift them, like panning for gold. They, they, they just like sift them through a sieve to see if there's any like crumpled pieces of tesserae or something of that nature. And so Maddie's, what Maddie gets to do, and she's thrilled with this, is just take buckets of dirt and shake them over a sieve and look for little pieces of pottery or tile or anything that, that might indicate that it was from Roman time. And so she um, she absolutely is, loves loves doing that and it's it's her favorite favorite thing that she does and then she forgot to eat lunch and she's starving and so she she Decides to give Simon the benefit of a doubt um, and, and go to dinner with him. And then, as you said, he kind of blindsides her. And so I'm just going to leave that for our readers to discover what it is that he has done. Well, they're going to be surprised. So maybe I better leave this part out because she gets in trouble. So we don't say what happens then. 
So <laughs> who is who is Vivian? I love Lady Vivian. And what is her relation to Simon that will surprise people? Um, Lady Vivian um, is Simon's aunt, and um, she she is a a real live lady. And you know when, um, especially when you're from Arizona, which is a very young mm-hmm. state, we've, we've been a state for a little over a hundred years. <laughs> um, uh, the, the idea of of meeting an actual lady. To Maddie is just mm. it's just like you know a, a dream come true. It's just like this is this is a princess fairy tale. I get to meet a real lady, and um, so the thing is, Lady Vivian, as she is a lady, an aristocracy, um, she is very very proper, and so that Maddie just um, kind of tries to rise to the occasion. She always wants Lady Vivian to find her to be resourceful. And at one point, Lady Vivian actually does say that Maddie's resourceful, and Maddie's like, I won't let you down. So Mm -hmm. she really draws a lot of inspiration from Lady Vivian's just calm, cool. um, She never freaks out. She, 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 She huffs. The most the most emotion she'll ever show is a huff, and and um, Maddie thinks that that huff could inspire legions of armies. So I, I kind of based Lady Vivian on on my own grandmother. She looks very much like my grandmother, <laughs> and my mm. grandmother was a lot friendlier. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's just something about that that piercing deep blue you know, velvety eyes that that make you just want to behave. (laughs) Well, then it gets kind of scary here. First of all, we have have Sam. What does he do? And she decides, well, she decides to go and do research, what we just said, and they leave leave, um, Simon in charge. And that's when you really find out that they need Maddie. Seriously. (laughs) Yeah, so um, uh, Sam, Samantha, Nivens is Maddie's boss. She's the one who approves the internship for mm-hmm. uh, Maddie to be there. And she is Irish. She's from Galway. Um, and she's, she's tiny. <laughs> and she kind of emphasizes, you know, her red hair. Um and Maddie is convinced that, that she's part leprechaun um, and just a little bit magic. And so, uh, and, and Sam does nothing to discourage those kinds of thoughts. So, so um, and she and Simon have uh, um, an interesting relationship. Maddie's not quite sure if Simon bullies Sam or, or what, because she's, she's, as we said, not, not very fond of Simon when she gets there. Uh, but at once, she feels that she has a really strong support system in Sam. And then Sam leaves. And mm. nobody will explain where she went or why. And by um, nobody, she didn't sign up. And, <laughs> mm. and so she just, she's just, feel, it, it's like part of her support system has left. And she's just, you know, kind of. Her, her her landlords have abandoned her, and uh, her 
uh, her boss has abandoned her, and even at some point, Edward gets gets really mad at her, and so she just, she just feels really alone. So shouldn't something happens between her and Simon, right? And mm-hmm. well, something happens with them, both of them, yeah. And I was getting <laughs> worried about it, but she's she's smart. She uses survival skills and friendships and stuff, and you know she gets out of she hope we hope she gets out of a hot jam. So how does Edward play into that? Because I got really worried that you weren't going to kill off my main character. <laughs> Maddie does get herself into some situations, and, and yeah. they are they are nail biters. Um, so. Um, yeah, she and and she she does like recall things. And when you know, I I grew up in the mountains of of Arizona, uh, and lived in the desert for quite some time. Um, and I'm back in the mountains now. Um, but one of the things that we did, and I don't know if like people in New York did this, but we had like survival training. <laughs> part of grade school. So we'd go out in the woods and we'd look at, okay, this is wild buckwheat, and so this you can eat, and, you know, things like that. Uh, and so I just kind of drew on some of those um, those mm. kind of experiences and, and, and gave them to Maddie. Um, it's like, and when you're doing them, you're like, this is stupid. I'm never going to be trapped in <laughs> like, but, um, but, you know, it was, just, it was just part of grade school. So uh, she she draws on some of those experiences and, and they actually um, uh, help her quite a bit. And then she also, she loves Roman architecture and so, um, and, and just architecture in general. So she's, again, just fascinated by the Baghdad and goes there a lot. Uh, and so she draws on, you know, for passages and things like that, she draws on her uh, architecture knowledge as well as her survival skills and archaeological knowledge. Well, I think they should do that up here, but the only survival skills I got were my nephew. I don't know why. He's He's 54 years old, not that much younger than me, and he still goes into the woods to hunt for frogs. So when he was like a little kid, my sister was playing Mahjong or Kinect or some card game. They sent me into the backwoods to find him. (laughs) <laughs> with his friends for, for frogs and as I get you climbing up these hills and mountains and I'm looking and I'm yelling you know for the boys names and there were like five of them back there and we got frogs I go I'm gonna frog you and it, it was like yeah, I couldn't believe I survived to do this the only bad part was when I got out I got skunked twice because there was a skunk oh, right no. there oh, oh no. if you've if you've ever had gotten skunked You'll never ever go into the woods again. It took two weeks to get the smell off of me. It was horrible. And then my and my sister used to send me to find my nephew, so he was under the camp house hunting salamanders and worms. I had to do that too. And I weigh 102 pounds. I weighed 150 back then. I could barely fit. I mean, seriously. So survival skills, you know, you have to think. And they should do that here because I think what's going on in the schools with violence, they could use that seriously. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so somebody tried to kill. Why does Tori show up? And Edward, why does he not want her to leave? Um, okay, well, 
again, I kind of want to leave uh, leave the Tory thread line sort of as a surprise for our readers. Okay, good. Um, uh, especially because at, at one point she she also uh, doesn't doesn't have Tory support for a little while, and so oh, that's that scary. Yeah. Um, uh, but Ed, Edward, um, you know, this is this is Natty's first first week in uh, England, and yeah. so at the end of this week, you know, there was a very strong motivation for her to just pack it in and go home. And Edward really does want her to stay. And um, Edward, she has a hard time reading English men. But she's really good at reading American men. She's like always knows what they're thinking um, and can always get the upper hand. And uh, and that is, is also a, a lot of her problem with Simon at the beginning is she just doesn't understand what they're thinking. And she can't tell if Edward is, is a friend or he wants to be more than a friend or uh, if he's mad at her or if he really likes her, she just can't tell. Um, and uh, sorry about that. She just can't tell. And so um, at, at the end, he's, he's, he's hinting that he wants her to stay. And she's like, no, dude, you got to say it. Um, and she really likes to use the word dude when she's mad at her English friends because they, um, they, they they just shake their heads when she says it. Uh, and it's, it's one of those words she hardly ever used at home, but, but she uses it now just to kind of uh, annoy the English sensibilities. Oh. Is she going to stay as a tour guide, or what's, what's her role going to be? Um, so... Um, it is a series, so so I don't think it's much of a surprise. But she does stay, <laughs> and she does uh, she does she will still continue to do tours. Um, but as the room that is excavated becomes uh, more of an excavation site, they need more people to um, to work on the site, and so she is going to um, in the next book uh, spend a whole lot more time. In the Undercroft, which is um, kind of like the, the area, so it's it's several um, stories underground, and it's, it's the closest part to the dig. And so, so she's she's gonna, she spent a lot of time underneath a stairwell, kind of like um, Harry Potter in the second book, uh, just sifting. Um, <laughs> but um, the, the is vital to the process and. You know, she's doing real archaeology, and this is just, she she can't believe her luck. Well, who's coming back besides Maddie? Um, in the next book? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to say everybody, because I'll let there to be some surprises. Um, oh, good. But, <laughs> but definitely, we have Lady Vivian, and we have Edward, and we have Corey via, you know, FaceTime, um, and... Uh, at the very end of the book, her landlords do finally make an, uh, an appearance, and um, they will be there for the next book. So, in the next book, she has her support systems are getting much stronger, and that's just part of her um, her growth as a character over the series. 
is um, she's going to start learning how to depend on people more than just always trying to um, be independent and as herself. Well, um, sometimes you have to. Sometimes you can't. So one final question. What about her parents? How are they going to are they going to still interfere or are they going to actually let her do her thing eventually? Um, they, they, um, and, and one of the things about, about being a parent is, I, and, and this was very much the case when my daughter was 19, is, is just this, um, no, she's still a little kid. No, she needs me to tell her how to do everything. No, no, she needs me. She needs me. She needs me. Um, but I'm also a teacher, so I teach, you know, 19-year-olds, and I, they can do anything. And so, um, and and Maddie's, Maddie's mother is also um, a, a teacher, so, so she has that kind of feeling for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... One of the most just amazing things is is when you're a parent and you really want to step in and you don't, you just step back and let them do it and they just surprise you at how amazing they are. And her parents sort of come to that conclusion. It's like, no, she, she, she's good. She knows what she's doing and we're going to trust her. And so, um, and, and that, again, is, is part of that support that, that she First, to trust her parents not to just walk her around, but to actually give her um, support when she asks for it. So well, that's that, good that, because that, in my family, it's not your parents; it's me, the aunt. For real. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've been given the, the role of butt in. I don't butt in unless I really feel that it's a situation which needs to be addressed, which is going to cause a serious problem, and I'm really good at that. Especially one encouraging my nieces to go to school and graduate, which they did. So that does help. Absolutely, yeah. they need to do that. They need to do some. Yeah, they need to do do that. But they were going to not do it. I said, yes, you will, because this is why you're going to do it. Because I'm going to help you get there. So you know, budding in helps. So where can we find out all about you and your work and your newsletter? Uh, sorry, what was the question? Where can we find out all about you oh. and your work and your newsletter? All right. Uh, sorry about that. Um, I was just thinking about your 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 nieces and nephews graduating. Um, <laughs> yeah, they did. Um, <laughs> so um, my uh, kind of social media handle for everything is exactly the same, and it mm-hmm. is Sharon L. Wright. So my website is SharonLWrights.com. My Facebook page is uh, Sharon L. Writes. And um, you can also friend me on, on Facebook um, under Sharon Lynn Author. Uh, mm-hmm. Twitter handle is Sharon L. Writes. Um, Instagram, Pinterest, um, Tumblr. Uh, not that I do anything with a lot of those, but, but <laughs> I, I, that's, that's me on all of the social media. So you can find my newsletter by going to SharonLWrites.com and um, scroll down to the very bottom and uh, sign up. Um, or send me an email. That, that, that's fine, too. <laughs> I always respond. You'll be surprised with these social media things. I got, um, I'm got. i getting emails from TikTok, and I didn't even join them. 
Then they've enjoyed yeah. this job. Uh, you have to be, I, you have to be those, those really careful. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm too popular. Sometimes I just absolutely amaze myself. <laughs> but yeah. I, I'm I'm excited. Um, I'm waiting for my my eighth book on the in my scary horror series to come out. It's different. The title is Mirror Image. That's the first part. The second part is The Dead Have Returned. Because I usually write it from the point of view of the dead body behind the gravestone that's been wrongly accused. And the first part is mirror image. If you do something to something or someone and you look at your mirror, the mirror is going to reflect what's going to happen to you if you don't repent. You don't want to be a face in my mirror. I'm serious. (laughs) Yeah, it's scary. It's scary, and I don't know, I think I was thinking of something that was really bothering me, and I said, well, what if I put the person in the mirror? Maybe the person will learn, but that's okay. But thank you so much. This has been fun, and please tell Gina to, you know, email me for the next one in December so I can find a date or something because my schedule is booked till the end of February, people. I don't know how, but it is. It's I can't believe it. So I have a few days in January and a few days in February, and then I'm going to say 2025. <laughs> Tell her to check friends so I can read the next one. And everybody, it's beautiful outside. Enjoy it today because tomorrow's going to rain. And last Saturday you couldn't get anywhere. All the parkways were closed. Everything. So thank you so much, Sharon. Everybody have a great day, and bye. Thank you.